this morning. <laughs> and I don't know if you have. That's for you, Leslie, and your friend. Um, yeah, it's one of those deals. I was, I was literally talking to Randall this morning. It's like, this is one of those stages of moments of life. Again, I'm about to take you behind the curtain, as they say, right? So if I'm too honest with you, I apologize if that offends you, but whatever. Um, yeah, this this is one of those seasons of life. You know, I'm just like, oh, it's like I didn't feel like I had anything. I didn't feel like I had anything to share or to give. I didn't feel like I was really carrying some word of the Lord this morning, right? I was like, oh, God. I don't really, I'll go in obedience, but I would much rather just, I don't even want to take a nap. I'd rather sit on the, the, the front porch with coffee and just watch the wind blow through the trees. I had one of those moments in life before. And so I was just sitting there, and I even came to church today, and it's like I just was in, disengaged. Not that I didn't like y'all, but I was just tired of y'all. And so, um, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, I was just like, do you, like, do you know what I'm talking about? You know those moments in life where you're just like, he just felt deflated, whatever it is. And so anyway, we're in worship in that song. There was probably the name of Jesus. And I'm sitting there really not engaged. And I'm like, wow, this is great this morning, right? We're loving this, Jesus. And um, you ever had those moments too, just being really honest? And so anyway, I was sitting there and all of a sudden I just stopped. You know, I had one of those moments of clarity. Because it's one of those things in life where I've been around the, I've been around the bush enough times. Or what are there lots of phrases you could use in that, right? I've been on the block enough times. Um, is there really a phrase around the bush? You beat around the bush. You've been around the blocks. Anyway, I haven't been beating around the bush. I was going around the block. No. But I was just seriously in one of those things where I, I had experienced in my own walk with Jesus before a level of maturity where, where and I, I'm not calling myself mature, but I'd reached this place of maturity we all need to get to. And I'm sharing with you this morning that I recognized that I was at this place of like, if you had this, like the emotional scale of like, yay! And <clears throat> I was like down here, the <clears throat> level, right? But I knew in those moments that in my moment of greatest weakness and inability, I'd actually set the Lord up to move in a powerful way. Have you had those moments of life when the moments of greatest despair or the moments of, of greatest disconnect? It's like when all of a sudden if you actually look to Jesus and you pray and say, Jesus, he actually does something you could never dream or imagine. And so I sat here this morning and I thought to myself, God, it is sin of me to think that this morning is dependent upon Steve and what I feel. What do I actually ever bring to the table on Sunday morning? Nothing. So I'm like, well, I went, so I was sitting there, I'm like, well, then Jesus, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to set people free from the reality. I want to set them free into the reality of the cross. I went, awesome, right? And yes, this is good. And so came forward and had the same type of time of prayer. There's people in 9 o'clock service. This is a powerful time of God breaking in. You know, it's, just, it's funny. It's like when you finally get out of the way, then God can actually use you. It's funny how that happens in life. You know what I'm saying? How many, and, and, and we've all experienced those moments, right? Those moments of great despair. Like how many of you have said, I just reached a place with my spouse that I just couldn't do it anymore, right? And all of a sudden you just cry out, God, and God did something. Or you have a situation of life like, I just reached this moment of despair. I reached the bottom of my bucket. And, you know, and it's like, I just oh, couldn't do anything else. And I cry out to God and he moved, right? And you would never want to like replay that moment because it was so painful, but you would never, ever give away the story that was told out of it. And I want to tell you this, this morning. God's been stirring a lot in me over the last uh, couple of months about his movement and the things that he's doing and uh, but that's one of the lessons I even think this morning he was teaching me. It's like, Steve, get over yourself. You don't make vintage happen. It's all on me, brother. 
I was like, yes, right? So this morning, I just share that with you because we find our, and again, it's the reality of the cross, Steve, it's already present, it's already real, it's already here, it's already moving, it's, an, it's living and active. In fact, my cross and the reality of it's stirring. It's, it's like never-ending stirring, right? Eternal stirring in the lives of people. It's not just something on a hill, it's something in the heart, it's something that's moving, it's living. The cross is living and active, right? The reality of it, setting people free and bringing salvation salvation, moving in the hearts of men and women. It's something moving. It's something active. And all we have to do is look to it. All we have to do is recognize. Like, so that's why in Scripture, it talks about all this, like the power of remembering, right? That's why Jesus, in the, in, the, in the elements that we take in communion, why do you think he has us remember? He says, do this. Remember he said to his disciples, hey, what we're doing right now of my of you know, this bread, this bread being broken, it's not my body, and this, this wine, right, that's my blood being shed for you, drink, and, you know, so now do this in remembrance of me. Have you ever thought about that, the power of remembering? Like you're remembering, number one, the love of God, right? How many of you ever feel unloved or even unlovable in life? He says, then take communion. Remember. Remember, right? Or the, remember. The power, because because the disciples then when they remember they'll look they'll remember and look back and said, when I feel hopeless, all I ever have to do is take communion and look back at the cross, because he was raised from the dead from that to show the enemy how strong he actually was. And Scripture is very clear: the same power that raised Jesus from the dead it now resides in me. So you better beware, by God, that I'm coming. Right? It lifts me up. It's this reality. I'm stepping into the reality of who I am. As a child of God, I am nothing apart from Him, but I remember the cross and the work that He did of reconciling man to Himself, making one again those who were separated and distant and far off. He poured out His love through the cross and brought them near. And we now walk in the reality of His love. We walk in the reality of His power. And we walk in the reality of His goodness. That God is good, even when circumstances aren't. He's good. But I have to see him. I have to remember. I have to look at him. So this morning, that's why I felt like God was speaking into us. That's kind of the message outside of the message, or really the real message, I guess. This is this message of the cross and the reality of your life. And that this hopeless despair and brokenness and hell we walk through. We simply have to be a people of the cross who look because the cross is reality right now. It's power. It's power for those who believe. It sets us free, right? It brings into the place we look, we remember how much he loves us, who we belong to. I mean, how, how, how perfect is it in the season that we find ourselves with the elections that we just had in America? So many people the next day, I, mean, I went to lunch, went to breakfast, lunch with Brad Willoughby, and we just sat there and talked. Like, it's overwhelming, right? Just where our country is. And I'm like, well, whoever you voted for, just a, I mean, we're coming to the fiscal cliff. I mean, oh, right? It's all this stuff. It's overwhelming. And God's speaking in the moment says, do you remember the cross? has nothing to do with man. Leaders are just simply water in my hands. I maneuver them as I will. Listen, we live in a time and a season where we're overwhelmed with, with the economy. We're overwhelmed by sin. We're overwhelmed by immorality. We're overwhelmed by all of these things. And to the point, so many Christians just said, oh, and they throw their hands up in the air. 
and God's doing this. Get ready. Get ready. Because when the world reaches its deepest place, God's saying, just wait and see because my cross is moving. We never, listen, the number one phrase that comes out of the cross is that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And Brad, I talked about that our responsibility then as Christians is not to throw our hands up in the air, but say, Jesus, how do we get our hands dirty with you? To bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. How do we step up into these, these areas that we struggle with the brokenness of immorality in our country? How does, listen, I told Brad, I talked about the reality of this. Government is never supposed to define morality for a country. The church always defines for the world the morality of God. So why doesn't the church then stand up in love that people are drawn to them when they stand up and speak? Listen, the world is supposed to be drawn to the church when it stands up and speaks, not repulsed by it. Do you speak a word that's actually loving and kind so that the people who have a different lifestyle than you do are actually drawn to you and want to live in your presence like Jesus was? And so we're sitting in this day and age, right, when everything's just going to hell. And we're throwing our hands up and we're creating our holy bunker, right? We're storing away all this stuff for ourselves when the end comes. And Jesus is saying, store up for one reason, so you can give it away when people have need. This is the heart of God. This is the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes, the economy is falling. Well, it just, it, it, the economy is failing. Why? Because we trusted government rather than allowing the church to step up And Deuteronomy 15, there should be no poor among you because you are so faithful in giving of your resources away to those who are in need. Jesus said, the poor you will always have among you. And the disciples went, oh, why? Because Deuteronomy Deuteronomy says the same thing. The poor you will always have among you. Therefore, you give as people have need so they will no longer be poor. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, the poor you always have among you, which is his way of saying, you're responsible to give to all these people who are poor. Not leaning into a government. All of this stuff. Why am I saying this? Because this is the word in the season. This is the ministry of the cross of Christ for us. Everything's going to hell. Churches throwing their hands up running off their own little holy bunker, and Jesus is standing in hell crying out, Cross! Look at the cross! Look at the cross! Because if you look to it, I'll draw you to me, and I will give you life. Do I think the world's coming to an end and Jesus is returning soon? Well, I should, because every single follower of Jesus has thought that during their lifetime. So, yes, I think that Jesus is returning soon. I don't understand Babylon and the Great Bear and all that kind of stuff you read in Revelation, right? Nobody understands it. But I will tell you this. Jesus will return as he always does. Old Testament, New Testament history is very clear. The church here in blessing, they go going apathetic. They go fall into sin. 
and everything goes to hell. And then comes God. And guess who he wants to move through today in our world and its brokenness? The church. It's his one plan. It's his one plan. And he wants to know, are we a people? Are we a people who are looking at the cross, remembering the reality of it, who are embracing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives, who are not locking themselves behind closed door with their guns and their ammunition to shoot people who are trying to steal their food, but instead are putting their guns down and handing it all away and trusting that God will multiply it when they give it away. This is the heartbeat of God. All right. There you go. Amen. Welcome to Vintage. I'm Steve Hambrick. Yeah, just the Lord's stirring a lot of things in us and me. And, and um, man, there's just so many things I could say, but I feel like I need to get into this. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> Take a deep breath, cleansing breath. Cleansing breath. Allow that to sit as the Lord leads, okay? If you, didn't, if you didn't hate it, everything that I said, let's have a conversation about it. I'll explain it more because I just, just need to explain it, all right? If you, need to, if you need to call me, shoot an email. If I've ever emailed you or called me, my phone number and stuff is there. So you can just uh, call me. Uh, let's talk about all these things. But God is stirring. He's doing something new, okay? And we want to be a part of that. All right. Well, let's do this. Uh, for, uh, let's pass our, our, our offering baskets down uh, this morning. If you're a first-time guest, all we're asking you to do is stick your Connect card in there. I'll shoot you an email this week. It will have my number in it. You can call me personally, okay? I've got my cell phone on there. If you have things you're wrestling with, issues you're dealing with, um, it'd be great. Glad to help you out. Okay. Well, let's dive in. So last week, um, we talked about this, that we've come to the, we've come to the closure of our small group study, the study we've been doing for the last several weeks on the relationship principles of Christ, uh, or being a people who love well, right? Who agape love well. This, sacri- this agape love being sacrificially giving our lives away to those who need it more than we do. Okay? Sacrificially giving our lives away to those who need it more than we do. Right, giving ourselves, loving them from the, you know, from the, from our, loving our enemies to loving our spouse. This is the kind of the context of who we're supposed to love, right? And there was a love, well, giving our lives away, not because we feel like it. We have the emotion that drives us to it, right? Agape love is devoid of emotion, devoid of a feeling, right? It's giving, sacrificially giving my life away, even though I don't feel like it or necessarily want to, I know God's calling me to that, right? And doing that in every relationship that we have in life. And so what we said is this last week is that, that in regards to this, that this is not an end. This is not an end. We haven't reached the end of, of love. Instead, it is a launching in the sense that we've, we've basically kind of gone through like boot camp. We've, we've prepared ourselves. We've studied. We looked at this context and this reality of agape love, the, the love that God has. He's calling us to have for others, right? And we're saying now, we're not just saying, hey, great, we've talked about it. Woo, right? And just kind of put that into our study guide, things with this class we took at church. But instead of saying now, I'm going to launch I'm going to launch into the sacrificial nature of love. I'm going, to, I'm going to launch into something. And the nature about launching is that whenever you launch, you have a destination. Every time you launch, you have a, you have a destination. When I was six years old, my dad and I, I mean, we did this every, all the time. We kind of, we have reversed roles now. But when I was six years old, never forget, we would go to the lake. My dad and I would be fishing a fishing tournament, right? And I was six years old. Couldn't crank the bit. Couldn't crank the big black Mac Mercury 250 horsepower engine, right? But he's a trolling motor, right? And so I would, I would get. He would launch me into the lake in this boat, and then I would take the trolling motor, I'd troll over to the, the shore, 
he would park his car, truck, in the, in the, in the trailer. He would hop in the boat, and I knew my dad had a destination. I knew my dad knew where we needed to go to catch fish, right? He never got in the boat as a six-year-old and said, Steve, I don't know where to go. Where do you think we should go? I walked. He got hopped in the boat. I said, Dad, where are we going? He said, you'll see when we get there. I was like, yes. Because it was always a destination. Whenever I launched a destination, could you imagine today if you go to the airport, you get onto the plane, you know, and, and, you, and you pass by the cockpit, and you hear a pilot go and say, where are we going? I don't know. Let's just figure it out once we get in the air. All right? You're like, no, 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 no. All right? I knew where we were going, right? That whenever we launch or we take off, there's always a destination. And so for us, then, we talk about the launching into this nature of love, this true understanding of love that God is calling us to have for, for our neighbors and for people, is that there's a, a destination, there's a, there's a purpose, there's a thing or a something that we're, or someone that we're giving ourselves to, right? That we are, that we're sacrificially loving. And here's the interesting thing about this launching. We launch, and the next day, we launch again. And it may be completely different. Listen, at the end of, at the end of the day, my dad and I put the boat on the trailer, we go home, and the following weekend we come back. And because of, because of temperature of the water, and because of all these different, all the outside things, the fish would have moved. And my dad would know it. You know where we would go? Somewhere different. I may launch here one day, but the next day I launch and go somewhere else. And so what I'm saying is that for the season of your season of life that you're in, that there is something that God is calling you to launch into or take off into as it relates to this context of biblical love of sacrificially giving your life away to those who need it more than you do. Jesus gave his life sacrificially. Because we needed it more than he did. Jesus is saying to us, true love is sacrificially giving your life away to someone outside of it. Why? Because they need you, they need it more than you do. And every day we're launching, we're taking off into whatever it may be. A person, or a thing, or a situation. And every day I'm aware of this. I'm bringing the cross. Taking the cross, the power of the cross every day, right? And in that, what am I launching into? Well, I'm, listen, I want you to hear this. This is the, one of the phrases for the morning. You ready? We are launching, I'm going to use a deep voice, into the ministry of reconciliation. That's to help you remember, right? The ministry of reconciliation. You're launching into the ministry of reconciliation. We look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Talking about this nature of, you understand what reconciliation is, right? Two people are apart, something happens and they're reconciled, right? We understand this. Two people apart, they come back together and they're doing well, right? So 2 Corinthians 5, 18-19, we're called to, to launch into this ministry of reconciliation as we're giving our lives away, loving people. So the ministry of reconciliation is the ministry of loving people, things, situations, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, verse 18 and 19. Therefore, therefore, if anyone, any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. He's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Exclamation point, which is like, yay, right? If anyone, if you're, in, if you're, a new, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old, the old life of, of, of despair and hopelessness and death is gone. You stepped into the life of the cross, stepped into real life, okay? And all this, verse 18, all this, it's a gift from God. It's from God. 
He reconciled us. He made us one to himself through Christ. And good news, ding, 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 right? Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, right? Not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. All this is from God, right? God was reconciling. He's working through Christ, through the cross, to make the world one with him, have a relationship with him. And, and he is committed to us. The message of loving others sacrificially, the ministry of reconciliation, giving our lives away so that those who don't know Christ can be reconciled to him, brought into relationship with him this morning. So what I want to do is quickly, I quickly, I want to take the chapter on love. Very familiar, right? Chapter 13, chapter 13, right? This message on love, we see it and we read it at weddings and we read it all these places where love is expressed. And Paul would say, I never intended that. I never intended that. I intended, at least in the context of chapter 13 and what I ultimately meant. When I wrote the letter, that's great you do it at your weddings. That's so sweet. But let me tell you what I meant. Let me tell you what I was talking in context. Let me tell you what I, what I want you to get that I mean in all of this. What do you mean, Paul? I want you to recognize that the bookends of chapter 12 and chapter 14 of the message on love is ministry empowered with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for those that are in need. Chapter 12, verse 4 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But the same God works all of them in all men. So what we see is Paul breaking down what is going on in each person's life who's a follower of Christ. Number one, you've all been given gifts of the Holy Spirit for ministry. He's given you gifts, and he's also given you a place to serve. He's given you service, right? Different kinds of service. He's given you a, a calling or a service to do. And in that service, you have specific works that you were supposed to be doing in that. So what we could say is this. All of you have a service that you're called to by God, right? A launching of a, de- a destination of a launch, okay? You have a destination. You have a purpose, something you're called to. You all have a, a service or a calling. And then each of you, when you get there, you have specific works that you were supposed to do for in obedience to God. And, good news, ding, 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 you've been empowered with God's gifts to actually do it. Do you see that? That's what Paul's getting at. He's saying, hear this, you are called into full-time ministry as a lifestyle, as an expression of every moment of every day of your life. Why? You've been given, because if you're reconciled to God, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation, and he calls you to a destination, a service, or a calling. He has specific works for you to do once you get there. You have to, listen, If you like being lazy, sorry. You have works you have to do. You have to work in the kingdom of God. Not to earn anything, but as an expression of obedience. You have to work, okay? You work, and he says, but I've gifted you with everything you need to actually do the work that I've called you to do. And he goes on and says, but listen, 
You're part of one body. You're part of one body. It goes on in chapter 12, right? I'm not going to read it. We all know this. You're part of one body. And, and the body has all these different parts with different services and callings and gifts. But don't think that your gift or your calling, your service is more important than anybody else's. The whole message of 1 Corinthians can be summed up in these two words, these two phrases. Stop being so selfish and stop being competitive. Stop being so selfish with your callings and your gifts and thinking it's all about you, right? So, so imagine right now, everyone knows that you're supposed to shake with your right hand, right? So shake with the right hand, which unless you have something going on, you can come to your left. But it's proper in our culture to shake with the right hand, right? So let's say one day, right? We're one body here, and my, my, this, my hand has the role of shaking someone else's right hand. So one day, left hand gets a little jealous. A little jealous. He's just shaking. He's so jealous, right? He's watching it come in like this, right? Moving in. Moving. Oh, my gosh. He he's like, takes the right hand and starts attacking. It's like, this is, I want to do it. I want to do it. I'm so jealous. I never get to shake anyone's hand. I'm like, what are you doing? This is so weird. Man, this is crazy. What's going on? Stop it, you know? That sounds silly, doesn't it? How many of you know churches where that's happening every day? People think that their gifts are better than somebody else's. Their calling is more important. How many of you compare yourself to somebody else? Oh, I wish I had that gift right there. Oh, it's just so, what was me, right? This jealousy over here, this is, it's, it's ridiculous. This is what we look like in the spirit. How dumb is that? What if I walked in, hey, how's it going? Woo! You're like, this guy's crazy, right? 1 Corinthians 12. Stop. Right? You've all been given gifts. You've all been given service. You've all been given callings. These things to do. The ministry of reconciliation. Don't judge yourself and compare yourself to somebody else. Don't try to be somebody else. Right? And he goes in in 1 Corinthians 13 and says, and said, in fact, the focus of your life should be loving well. If you had a you can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. You're only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Yeah, if you can prophesy and all this kind of stuff, you can have the faith that can move mountains, but have not love, then it is nothing. First Corinthians 13 is saying, listen, when you try to move in your services and your callings and your gifts over here in a very selfish, self-absorbed, self-focused way that makes it all about you so you can be competitive and be better than somebody else, it is worthless. 1 Corinthians 14, chapter, chapter 1, he says, Instead, follow the way of love and secondarily, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. His point, what, what this means, follow the way of love, literally what it means in the Greek, it literally means as the priority and the primary focus of your actual every waking moment of the day, it should be love. Secondarily, it's okay to eagerly desire gifts. It's okay to pray for callings. It's okay to, to cry out and call for, God, what are, what are the workings you have for me? But it's secondary. Is, is said your prayer into that? should be birthed out of the primary focus of loving God and loving people. We have the primary ministry of reconciliation. We have a launching that we're called to do into the callings, into the services of God. We have works that we're supposed to do in that place that no one else can do. Why? Because I have unique giftings 
that only my left hand can do, praise God, has something to do. We all have things that we're called to do. And Paul's coming and saying, and love should be the focus of giving your life away, right? The focus of your life should be today that as I step into my, in my destination, right, the launch of my destination, the primary focus of my life is God that I'm loving so well today, 1 Corinthians 13, that as I do ministry with love as my primary focus, that I'm giving my life away to those who need it more than I do. And as I do that and focus on love and stop worrying about petty issues that have no kingdom value whatsoever of competition, and of selfishness because I do that then your kingdom comes they are reconciled to you and then they get but then you're like what do I do now that I've received this and come we're taking everybody else the ministry of reconciliation we've launched into it today we are called to launch we are called to acknowledge the destination ahead of us in our lives and our communities and to begin sacrificially loving for the purpose of reconciling men and women to God. This is the closure of our study. But it's the launch into the ministry of reconciliation expressed in the power of loving others. And the question is, do you know your destination? Do you know where you're going? Do you know in this season who God's calling you to give your life away for? Are you aware of it? Do you recognize the person, the situation that you're investing into with the love of God? If you don't, don't sweat. Go, oh, my gosh, I'm a terrible Christian. No, just ask and figure it out. If you don't know, just ask. James says, if you don't know, just ask, and I will bless you and give it to you. Fantastic. If you don't know, just ask. Now, on Vintage's level, we're doing two things right now to, to express this destination of loving well. The first thing is the, the Thanksgiving um, outreach that we're doing, right? Outreach we're doing today. We're going over 91, over 91 uh, meals we're taking out today. And listen, we need people to do it. So I would say this. Reynolds said 30 minutes, I mean, two hours. I mean, really, if we, get it, if we have enough people... You can take about an hour, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on where you're going, honestly. You pick up your box, you take it, you drop it off, and here's the response. You have one of three responses. Number one, which is the one we all hope for. Oh, my gosh, I love you so Jesus loves me so much through you, and you're awesome, and God's awesome. Can I come to your church and give life to Christ right now? The ministry of reconciliation is so powerful through you, right? That's what you want. All right, be awesome. What's two, what two is probably going to happen is this. You're going to walk at some door, and they're going to go, hey, thanks. Take it and walk in and shut the door in your face, right? And you're like, thank, thank you, right? That's fine. Or third, you're going to walk out the door and go, nobody's home, <laughs> right? And then you sit there and leave the meal with the Holy Spirit bomb right there. When they get on, they open that box, right, saying, Jesus, right? But the idea is we're giving our life away today, right? Just sacrificially giving ourselves away in the season, the season of Thanksgiving, taking these meals out to those who are in need. Fantastic, right? We're launching into that today, right? It's a one-day gig, y'all. You can't use the same gig tomorrow, okay, on this one. But it's what we're doing today. You can do that. Second thing is this, and, and follow me on this one. Second thing is we're taking up a year-end offering on December 16th, okay? A year-end offering. But I want you to hear me very clearly before you tune out. 100% of the monies that we're taking up for our year-end offering are leaving vintage and going to those that are in need. 
Okay. Do we have our own needs? Of course we do. But we've, we're, we're believing as a leadership team and staff, we've been talking about this, praying into it, that if we are faithful to give everything away, Jesus will meet our needs. We're modeling it for all of vintage on a macro level. Why? Because this is the testimony of Jesus, that if we are faithful to give, he will meet the needs that we have. He won't give us whatever we want, but he'll meet our needs. Okay. And so here's what we're giving to. Number one. We are we're going to be giving to Sojourn Church. Sojourn Church is the newest church plant in our network of churches. They planted in East Cobb with with little Ernie, Ernie Wagner. Right. There's a big Ernie, too, but they're not really sized like that. But anyway, older or younger. Anyway, so little Ernie took off planted His church is going well, but we committed to them to come alongside of them financially and bless them. If you don't know, we received a, an offering from all the other churches when we launched. It was huge for us. OK. So that's what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to take some of the monies that come in, the year-end offering, and immediately write a check to Sojourn Church. We love you and hand it to them. Second thing is this. We're doing something called the Juba, Jubilee Gift. Jubilee Gift. Let me just tell you this. I have no idea this is going to work out, but here's the, here's the premise behind it. Deuteronomy 15. There should be no poor among you. So part of what you give is going to go to those in our body who have great need. Okay, we're just gonna, we're gonna figure out who they are, what bills they have, and we're gonna write a check and pay for their bills, right? It's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait to do it, right? It'll be, it'll be, it won't meet all the needs. I know that, okay? The needs are much greater than we have resources for, unless God just pours out millions of dollars through you, that's what we're praying for. Multiply, right? But we're gonna do that, right? We're gonna just give to those that have needs inside of our body. Why? Because we care for y'all. And give them a model for you that we're willing to do it, so we're asking you to do it as a lifestyle also of those who are in your life. And the third thing we're doing is we've, you know, we partnered with Karube Home, Karube Ministries and Tammy Hutchins in India. And we felt, as we prayed into it, it felt like God said, hey, I want you to partner with Karube Ministries. Now, what you may not know is that there are three things kind of under Karube Ministries. Number one, there's the children's home, Karube Home, which you've heard, you've seen Tammy, heard about Tammy, our missionary in India. And we're going to, they have all sorts of needs. We're going to write them a check, Caribbean Ministries, Caribbean Homes. Second is a ministry they've created called Sons and Daughters. Sons and Daughters. Now, their children are getting older, and they're graduating high school, graduating college. And they're getting a, they're all receiving, like four so far, four boys have received a full-time calling into the mission field to the unreached people groups of India and other countries. There's four of them right now. Powerful, powerful sons and daughters, right? Beautiful. We would say, we want to bless these sons and daughters who are going out. We want to invest into their ministry. We want to invest into their, into their mission field, right? We want to come alongside them, just love on them and bless them. We want to write them a check. So who knows how much that's going to be, but we're going to give to that, okay? And the third part, you saw Molly and Dylan a couple weeks ago. Molly and Dylan Phila, remember? They talked about uh, Daughters of Hope. Daughters of Hope, this, the, these women that they're, uh, this is the most marginalized and oppressed women in India. Take them off the streets and basically teaching them the gospel of Jesus, giving them a trade so they can actually make money and then feeding them and their children every day. I mean, they just, they t- I heard more stories. I was like, oh my gosh, God, it's so good. And so this is our, one of our established ministries. And so we said, we just want to break part of our money down and give it straight to them. 100%. Going out on our year-end gift. It's simply an expression of a destination that we've set up that we all get to be a part of. Um, last year we took up over $30,000. Right? $30,000. I am praying and asking that God would double that. 
I'm asking and praying God double that because if we, the more we have, the more we can give away. The more we can give away, the greater blessing that we can have, the greater glory that you can receive. Right? God, we want to do, we just want to give. We haven't decided, we've got, we may just take some extra money and even throw it into the mix, right? Just because we can, we want to, right? We want to give away. So that's what you get to partner with this year in our year-end gift. We're not asking for a new building. We may some other time. We felt God saying this year specifically and probably a lifestyle from here on out. Just got to just always listen to the Lord and follow him, right? But for right now, the call is give it all away, and I'll meet your needs. Fantastic. Let's do it. Okay? So, so you have your two launching points, at least on the vintage side. Number one, none of you are going to leave today without picking up a a gift and taking it out, right? If you already have lunch plans, just call and say, I'll be there an extra hour late. I've got to, I've got to go serve Jesus. Right? I have to go to go be Jesus. And you can't argue with that, okay? So seriously, unless you have something dramatic going up, I would ask that you would stay, pick up one meal, a couple of meals, literally on your way home, and just drop them off. Be willing to pray for the person, love on them, and give them the gift. Second level, December 16th, we want to give a bunch of money away. And we're asking to be part of that, our year-end gift. We ask you, begin now, God, what can we do over, listen, above and beyond our tithe, right, that we're committed to God to give? Above and beyond that, Lord, what are you calling us to give as an offering for those that are in need presently, our family, in our community, and across the world? Okay? All right. So we're gonna, let's go ahead and pray. We're gonna have a time of ministry. Uh, if you need to leave, you can do that. Actually, you can't leave. You gotta go outside and wait for the meals, but let's pray and, uh, and we'll, then we'll go forward. Jesus, thank you for today. And Lord, thank you for your presence with us. And Lord, I praise you that you are good, that you love us, Father. I praise you that your cross is real, it's living, it's active. God, it's, it's amazing. And I pray today for an awakening of the cross, Lord. It is. It was the. It was the initiation of the ministry of reconciliation. It initiated that movement, and now we stand as those who are reconciled. Possibly not living like it, but it's true. And you've given us the ministry of reconciliation, Father. Today, I pray that you would just work in our hearts, shape us, challenge us, Lord, to embrace you fully and the reconciliation you've given us, and that we fully embrace the ministry of reconciliation you've called as we would love people by giving our lives away to those who need it more than we do. Father, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen.